Well, hope everyone enjoyed the three-day weekends without really any substantial recruiting news whatsoever. Uh, all is quiet on the OU recruiting front coming out of the weekend, which is the exact opposite of the weekend that happened prior, Parker. Zadavian Sims uh, commits to Oregon. Well, you had Lane Jenkins getting his uh, scholarship offer from OU pulled and a couple of other stories as well. This past weekend, though, this past three-day weekend, not a whole lot of coming out other than uh, some prospects confirming that they're going to be at the Champion Barbecue. So that's really what we're going to be looking forward to for the next two and a half, three weeks now is who will be in town for the Champion Barbecue and if uh, the month of June can be a lot better than what the month of May was because as the end of the month gets here tomorrow, do we have a KREF Recruiter of the Month? Like, is there <laughs> who who's in the running for KREF Recruiter of the Month for the month of May? Not a whole lot happened. I mean, it's pretty much Emmett Jones, right? I, like, it, it, he was the favorite of like the second day or third yeah, day May of the 1st, month early. May first, yeah. he got a commitment from Grayson Harris. Yeah, and that was it, I think. I guess. Well, it, it, yeah. Well, Lane Jenkins didn't stick. Did Jay Valai? Who did Jay Valai get? Jay Valai got um, he on spring game weekend at the end of April. He got your highest ranked commit currently, but out, it, like I, I was trying to think earlier, like what has happened in the month of May, and other than getting a wide receiver early on in the month, I I cannot I can't think of anyone else. I guess you did get a punter late last week, Ashton Logan. Jay Nunez, Jay Nunez, recruiter of the year, Riff, recruiter of the month, the recruiter of the month. <laughs> yeah, I I still think we got to give it to Emma Jones. We're looking at tangible results. He's pretty much the only guy you can go with for yeah. the month of May. Well, so, unless something crazy happens. Emmett <laughs> Jones becomes the first repeat winner of the award. Maybe uh, David Stone will randomly commit tomorrow, and it can be Todd Bates for Recruiter of the Month in the month of May. And probably going to be Emmett Jones, though, for the uh, for the second consecutive month. Yeah, seriously, just not, not a lot happened this weekend, but you know, kind of looking at some things that are, are coming for OU this month, is OU in position? Like, in what kind of position are they in right now to get the top two players in the state of Texas? You got two really good players from the state of Texas last year. I think the second and third best in the final rankings with JFA and Peyton Bowen. But it feels like you lead for Bryant Wesco, and now OU is also going to get a, vi- a visit from Terry Bussey, a five-star athlete from the state of Texas. Am I taking OU and Terry Bussey seriously right now? The answer to that is no. I am not, simply because in talking with a few sources that are well-placed on the matter, it seems that in order to get a commitment from Terry Bussey, you're going to have to make an investment. Oh, one of those, huh? Yes. Interesting. And so, not shockingly, you see LSU and Texas and Texas A&M also heavily in it on this recruitment. You connect the dots and figure, okay, well... The odds probably aren't that good. Now, what I do know is that Oklahoma, as of right now, is open to taking a fourth wide receiver in the 2024 cycle. And though However, he's listed as an athlete, you would, you'd say he's a wide receiver, though. I yeah. would. I, I, I do think they're going to shoot for a wide receiver. If they do take a fourth, they're going to want to shoot for a guy with measurables that are similar to those of the guy that they lost in Keon Brown, who went the JUCO route, obviously. So... I would figure they look for a bigger body. <laughs> Parker Livingstone, please and thank you. Uh, that might, you know, that might be the type of guy that they look for. And 
you may see a few new offers at that position over the summer, depending on how things shake out. But look, you get Bryant Wesco, you're good. That receiver good, class is shape. pretty yeah. dynamite. Yeah, you'll I, take that. Uh, okay, and if you're giving me that right now, like would I like the combination one two of of, of Bussy and uh, Bryant Wesco? Sure, but you just laid it out, kind of what that recruitment looks like, and I think that we all know how to feel about that situation. Even though there's a visit, and I guess anything could happen after that. Sure, you laid it out, and that's the, that's the situation. Okay, here. Um, oh, you probably not going to drop the the biggest bag in this recruitment, right? But if you get Westco, and we've said this for what a month, a month and a half now, you get Westco. That is a really complete wide receiver class, complete with maybe the best wide receiver in the twenty twenty four recruiting class. So just that on itself, yeah, I'll, I'll take that all day long. I'm I'm good with that. Just close on Westco. Very not as not as important as the defensive lineman. But depending what the wide receivers this year look like, Bryant Wesco could be one of the more important prospects to close on this cycle, man. Kyle from Shawnee says, how you guys feeling about Wyatt Gilmore, the four-star defensive end out of the state of Minnesota that dropped his top five over the weekend? Had Oklahoma, had Oregon, Miami, Kansas State, and the hometown team, Minnesota. Hmm. That's a really random five right there, isn't it, for a kid from Minnesota? Well, it makes sense when you figure, okay, the kid is A, from Minnesota. So Minnesota's going to, at the very least, be in the top five. But also, you know, being from the central time zone and being a kid who really took quite a while to blow up on the recruiting trail, you didn't offer until February, March, I don't think. K-State was one of his early offers. Not surprisingly, they're very good about getting early evals on guys like that. So they were I, – I, I feel as though they were the – let me put it this way. They were the fifth team in the top five. The other four were pretty set in place for quite a while now. Kansas State is in the top five because they've been on him for quite a while, and I think he wanted to honor that. But this is a race between OU Oregon and Miami right now. And Wyatt Gilmore grew up a Miami fan. That's probably the school I would be most worried it's a tough about. Tough right life. Now. Can't be a happy kid if he grew up a Miami fan. A lot of tough. Uh, I, have there been any great moments for uh, Wyatt Gilmore thus far? I don't know. I have to ask him that. Now, that said, even though he did grow up a Miami fan, it's never felt like this was a slam dunk. Oh, like he's going to be a hurricane. It's never. I, I've never really gotten that vibe on Wyatt Gilmore. And he came to OU twice on his own dime this spring. He also visited both Miami and Oregon unofficially. He took a whole bunch of visits, went to Purdue, Iowa, Kansas, uh, Missouri. So he's been all over the place. He's seen about all there is to see. He, he's one of those guys that I think if OU really wants Wyatt Gilmore, they'll get Wyatt Gilmore. That's about the best way I can put it. If they push for the kid, I don't question that they're going to land the kid because he likes Miguel Chavis, likes the fit at Oklahoma. I, I don't feel like he's going to want to get too far away from home. And obviously Oklahoma to Minnesota is not a short drive by any means. But – it's a heck of a lot closer than Minnesota to Eugene, Oregon. He didn't want to row Minnesota the boats. To... He didn't want to row the boat with PJ and Fleck up there. I, huh? I don't. I think he's bigger than Minnesota, and I think he realizes that. Number one player in Minnesota, four star currently by uh, by twenty four seven Sports. Th this would be another gets where we say, "Oh, okay, Rogers, Minnesota." We did this with uh, Arkansas recently. We did this with the state of Washington last year. 
ah, who's the last guy that we can remember that uh, OU's gotten a player out of the state of Minnesota? And off the top of my head, unless there's an obvious one that I can't remember, I remember Johnny Gilbert, the basketball player, was from the state of Minnesota. But OU getting a football player from Minnesota, um, it's probably been a while since that's been the case, unless I'm missing an obvious one. Somebody on the text line, if uh, Mike Brooks or somebody of his ilk is listening, some Sooner historian, whether professional or amateur, if somebody can help us out and figure out who the last Sooner to come from the state of Minnesota Did Bud was. Wilkinson play at Minnesota when they won three consecutive national championships, the last last team to do so? I think Bud played at Minnesota, right? Text line, you can correct me on that one if I'm wrong. Not a whole lot of uh, OU and Minnesota connections. That That's probably, probably where it stops, honestly. Ah, our resident Minnesota expert, Grill Boy himself, on the text line says, the number of Minnesotans that go to the state of Florida for the winter is absurd. They call them snowbirds. So a lot of Minnesotans are exposed to Miami in the winter slash football season. Bud Wilkinson born in Minneapolis. So there's your Minnesota connection for the day. That's all we, that's all we need to know. Bud Wilkinson from Minnesota. Ohio Sooner says, I remember OU getting a coach from Minnesota one time. Yes, yes, that's who I was referring to. Brazilian Sooner says, I feel if we get Bryant Wesco, he will be that All-American type receiver for us as to when he is coming in with Arnold and Hawkins throwing his way. So, basically, I mean, Brazilian Sooner saying that Wesco is going to be an All-American if he uh, signs with OU. Is that what I'm reading here? I mean, listen. If you if you want to take anybody in this 2024 class and peg them as a future All-American, Bryant Wesco is as safe a bet as anybody. That kid's a stud. Uh, the recruiting doomer says, screw wideouts defensive front. I said that, recruiting doomer. I said outside the defensive line's number one priority, and depending what the wide receiver's position looks like this year, closing on Bryant Wesco could be uh, could be very important. Someone else just says Parker Livingstone with the question mark. I don't know if they just missed what you said about him or if they don't know about him, but, yeah, I guess there's always a chance a chance that he could be in this class. Uh, no, there is, there's not a chance anymore. That ship sailed probably three months ago. At this point, even if OU did offer Parker Livingstone, he probably would not even pay them the courtesy of visiting. Hmm. Well, we did say that about Danny Okoye once. That is true. Know? I mean, listen. Anything could happen. If they can sway Danny Okoye, they can sway just about anybody. But last I talked to Parker Livingstone, which was a week or two ago, uh, he was like, he was. the kid is pretty upset that he never got an OU offer. Sure. Feels like he should have. Uh, obviously, when you look at his offer sheet to date, which has upwards of 30 FBS offers to this point, I mean, you throw that kid in the same boat as Josiah Martin, right, where they were just waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting on the OU offer forever, and for some reason it seems like they've got every other offer in the country except the offer from Oklahoma. The ship has not sailed with Josiah Martin, but it certainly has with Parker Livingston. Uh, by the way, speaking of Danny Okoye, looks like he's going to take a visit to Texas in June. Which yeah. Is that Champion Barbecue weekend yes, when he's in Austin? Okay. Make of that what you will. I'm sure no one will freak out about that one. I'm sure no one will freak out about that one. For the 405, is Jacoby Johnson going to end up at wide receiver? I that's sure more, as hell hope so. That's more of an opinion now than anything. Um, again, it's, we'll, we'll see how receiver shakes out in the training camp, shakes out this year. I think the initial plan is still to play him at defensive back to start his career. But if you want to have the opinion that he will end up at wide receiver at some point, I don't think it's the craziest take out there. I think that there's a lot of factors to sort out first, though, yeah. before you before you really get into that. And I agree with that. I think you got to add another 
defensive back via the portal or via JUCO if you want to make that move with Jacoby Johnson, which if they get Demetrius Freeney, who was on campus for his official last week, then I feel like you can make that move with more security. Johnny from Econ says, Parker Livingstone is on 24-7 as an offer. Yeah, I've noticed that, and I have no idea why that is because I promise you that kid does not have an offer. Maybe they sent an offer and he just – maybe everyone else knows and Parker Livingstone just doesn't know yet somehow. And it got lost in the mail. Who knows? Oh, man. OMG, Danny Boy is going to be a shorthorn. Yeah, I knew I shouldn't have brought it up. Uh From the 918, uh, Terry Bussey, I hear he's going to OV, but that's the type of of recruitment that it would seem like OU can't win. Thoughts? Yeah, we talked about that that at at the top of the show, and you are pretty – Pretty dead on there. I would figure he takes an OV, and that's about it. 405-651-3439 is the Meyer Chevrolet text line. lot to get into today. OU made an offer on the defensive line, transfer uh, portal to Philip Paya. What's his status? Is he visiting this week? And some of these other bar- uh, Champion Barbecue Weekend visitor. The visitor list um, looks quite impressive. We'll run that down a whole lot more. Coming up next, keep it locked in the ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on the ref, we're the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, Ref Army, listening nationwide on the free KREF app. Just search KREF in the KREF in the App Store. Memphis, Tennessee is tuned in. Indio, California. Walton, Nebraska. Birmingham, Alabama. Fargo, North Dakota. Blackfoot, Idaho. Fort Smith, Arkansas. Small town of the day via request. From the text line, Union City is the small town of the day. What, just west of uh, Mustang? I believe so. Due west yeah, of Mustang, I've ne- never been out to Union City, but I knew a few people that came I've from there. I've been there several times. Used to play Union City all the time in, in high school. Really? Oh, yeah. Grady County Conference. Okay. It's the SEC of the uh, small town high school basketball <laughs> league. I tell you. Uh, it's brought to you by K&N Furniture Consignment with locations in OKC and in Norman on Main Street. Much more than furniture consignment, K&N is a full design center and will beat any local competitor's price on fabrics. Before we get to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439, some visitors that are uh, confirmed so far for the Champion Barbecue, you can add to this list. Um, David Stone has confirmed that he's going to be at the Champion Barbecue, correct? That is true. Brandon Drum even said on Friday there's a chance that, well, I mean, he's at OU all the time, but he ends up on campus even before the OV at the Champion Barbecue weekend, so that's something to watch out for. Correct. Uh, Joseph Jonah Ajonier will be here, another elite defensive lineman for Champion Barbecue weekend. And then you've got Taylor Tatum, Caden Durham, two elite running backs, and then uh, Devin Jordan one of the top players from the state of Oklahoma. There's a lot. There's a lot more that will be in town for Champion Barbecue Weekend. I'd say maybe those are about, what, four or five of the highlights, though, to, to really take note of. Yeah, I would say so, and you throw Terry Bussey in there. Uh, obviously, I, I, I don't think he ends up at Oklahoma, but it's a big name, if nothing else. i got to pull out. Caden Durham obviously has confirmed now he's going to be there at the barbecue. Uh you're getting basically all the commits in. Autry. Easton Baker, the the most recent offer yeah. is he is he uh-huh. here champion? Yeah. Easton yeah. Baker and James Nesta, another another guy, sneaky little name to know in the running or in the linebacker room, excuse me. Uh Braden Platt's going to be in town that weekend. Sammy Brown will obviously be in town that weekend. So I think there's a good chance actually OU gets out of that official visit weekend at the barbecue with both of their linebacker spots filled. Whether that is the ideal 
yeah, Easton Baker and Nesta or Easton Baker and Braden Platt or Easton Baker and Sammy Brown. I really think <laughs> Easton Baker It could Baker's be a trio going- <laughs> of possibilities, but there's one constant in there. It's Easton Baker, if, the backer who got offered, what, last week out of the state of Utah? Yeah, if you yeah. can't tell. I really, really like where OU stands with Easton Baker. Well, you put in a future cast for him last I week, did. correct? I yeah. did, indeed. Uh, I think you also like where OU stands with Philip Paya, the Utah State transfer defensive lineman. That I do. He's supposed to be in town this week, correct? And maybe even commits this week? Well, I, I, hey, I told you this on Thursday. If he really, if he really likes OU this much, just bring all of his stuff on the official visit. And just commit on the spot so he doesn't have to go, you know, back and get his stuff. Just know that he's probably going to commit this week and then, you know, saves you a trip back out to Utah. You know what I couldn't help but think this morning? Where is Reggie Grimes in all of this? Because I (laughs) – obviously it's – we've talked about this for months at this point. It's blatantly clear that Reggie Grimes is getting his – well, how do you phrase this gingerly? His playing time at defensive end is going to diminish significantly. And his best odds at seeing substantial snaps going forward is probably sliding inside. He but feel Oklahoma seems more intent on getting a guy that would be a seventh-year senior this year and is coming off an ACL injury in Philip Pye. They, they are more Might be the oldest guy go. in the conference. How about that? <laughs> like I said, like I said Friday, we're the same age, Tyler. <laughs> Me and Philip Pye are the same age. So... Oklahoma is more apt to go get a guy like that out of the Mountain West via the portal than slide Reggie Grimes yeah. inside. I went back to before the show today, and I said, golly, he's been in college football that long. I went back to the Michigan recruiting class that he was a part of, and it was the 2017 recruiting class. And some of those names that I remember playing at Michigan, it's like, jeez. Yeah. It, I mean, when you look at the recruiting class that he was in, and he wasn't – I mean, that was a good Michigan recruiting class. He wasn't at the top of that list. He was a three-star coming out of high school. But, yeah, man, he's 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 been around for a while. Might be one of the oldest players. Outside of Provo, Utah, of course, might be one of the oldest players in the uh, in the Big 12 this year. Ohio but, Sooner yeah. says Reggie Grimes has disappeared from the offseason conversation, much like his season after week one. Dang. Ohio Harsh, Sooner. but sadly true. Uh, will Lane Jenkins be there from the 918? No, he <laughs> will be in Champaign, Illinois, mo- most likely, is uh, where I'm guessing he's going to be. Ronnie Crimson, do you think there's a legit chance that Downs does move inside? Hey, listen, I'm on that train. As of now, I'm like, yes, let's make that happen. Because, Tyler, as I look at the defensive tackle group right now, especially if the rumblings have validity and Jacob Lacey's status is in doubt this fall. And that's about all I'm going to say about that situation because I don't want to touch it right now. But if you end up in a situation where Jacob Lacey can't play for some or all of the 2023 season, I think moving Ethan Downs inside is superior to a lot of the other alternatives at defensive tackle. Yeah, I mean – defensive line as a whole is a question mark. We all know that. But how you evaluate D-end edge compared to your interior, don't you think they kind of feel worlds apart right now? Like, (laughs) there's reasons for me, and actually a lot of reasons for me to be, you know, at least optimistic about defensive end and the edge spot. Like, I feel okay there. Interior is where I really start to be concerned with. And would Ethan Downs be a really good player on the interior? I, I, I don't know. 
But if if you're gonna have other options at edge and interior, then yeah, may I I won't be all that shocked if it happens at some point next year. Now, somebody from the 918 asked, what are the chances of Stutzman gaining a few pounds to play edge? I don't think that. that, that yeah, yeah no. that, you don't need that. No. You don't need that. Well, according to Longhorn's Wire, what did they say? Last month, he needs to put on like 30 or 40 more pounds, Danny Stutzman, to, to play the position that he plays now, which is still crazy to me. Talk about not knowing <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah Stutzman, he's all, he needs to gain about 30 or 40 more pounds. Imagine Whoa, a 275-pound Danny Stutzman <laughs> lumbering around at the second level. Jeez. I mean, just... Uh, uh, I remember know. fat Barney Stinson from How I Met Your Mother? That's what it would just, look like in yes. the middle right there? Not be able to move at all? <laughs> yeah, probably. Glenn from Nashville says, Gentlemen, I've been out of pocket for the last two or three weeks. It seems like we have lost quite a bit of recruiting momentum. Am I wrong? It's just the it's this the cycle. I think at this point of the year, um, you felt good coming out of April after the spring game, and you got a couple of uh, commits that weekend. May not a whole lot happened, but Glenn, sure, yeah, I don't think you have a ton right now, but just wait until the month of June. I I think that that's when you get a lot of recruiting momentum back. Yeah, as soon as the calendar flips, you get some of these guys that are already close to committing, like Easton Baker. Cooper Alexander, Michael Boganowski, Caden Massey, Bryant Wesco. You get some of these guys on campus, and I know Wesco won't be till July, as will Casey Poe, but you start getting these guys on campus and sitting down across from the coaches and Venables and his staff get the opportunity to look these guys in the face and say, hey, we want you. Why don't you go ahead and commit? Then the ball's going to start to roll downhill. Uh, from the 817, is this June a big month for running back recruiting? Yeah, I mean, we just laid out that, uh, what, Caden Durham and both Taylor Tatum are going to be at the Champion Barbecue in June. I'd, I'd say, yeah, good, yeah, yes, yes. Things are things are moving in a very nice direction as far as OU and Taylor Tatum. Now, Caden Durham's a lot more up in the air right now. And I, I think – so yeah, I know he's taking official to Michigan State. Did he announce an official to A and M too? Um, I just saw OU on June sixteenth and June 9th for Michigan State for uh, for Caden Durham. That's all. That's the only two that I okay. saw. Okay. Now obviously the folks on the LSU end are very very confident that they're getting Durham as well. But with Taylor Tatum, man, that is the number one running back in the country in the industry composite, and OU is trending. It's OU-Michigan battle right now. Those are the only two teams that are still in it for Taylor Tatum. And I know he's said he wants to take an official visit to A&M, and he wants to take one to Georgia, and he's taking one to USC. But, no, it's OU or Michigan for Taylor Tatum. You know, we, we talked uh, – we led today basically with can OU get the, the two, not a couple of the two, the top two players in the state of Texas according to the 24-7 sports rankings. And we kind of threw that one around. You know – OU got OU was as, as active in the state of Florida as maybe they've ever been in a recruiting class, and obviously this year is not the case. Are they going to get? Are they going to get a signee from the state of Florida in the twenty twenty four cycle? I mean, I, I think that they're going to be a player in Florida with this staff for you know years to come, as long as this staff is here. But this just doesn't seem like the state of Florida is as active for OU this cycle. This cycle, it is not. And as I look over my list here, let me think. Do Is there a state of Florida player, player that I believe they will end up with? Uh, survey says no. No, there is not. It'd be crazy, though, right, to go, like, maybe the most commits or most signees you've ever gotten in a class from the state of Florida and you may not get any this year. It's interesting how that works out. 
I mean, Eddie Pierre-Louis, perhaps, if you can really make a strong impression on that guy on his official visit come June 9th, then maybe he ends up in the class because that feels pretty wide open right now. But that's maybe the only guy right now from the state of Florida that I'd say, yeah, Oklahoma's got a real good chance to land him. And I don't even think they have a real good chance to land him yet because he hasn't been on campus ever. Meanwhile, they'll go up to the state of Minnesota and go get a player potentially. <laughs> hey. State of Washington again to go get a player. Like they'll they'll go wherever. OU DNA is nationwide. Robert and Harris says, "Does OU have a big time tight end commit yet for the 2024 class?" Uh, no, Not Robert. Yet. But I I I am inclined to believe that they will. Maybe two tight end commits. For yeah. The 2024 now class. some people aren't going to call Cooper Alexander big time because he's a three star, but. I think few could argue that Devon Mitchell would be big time. Uh, yeah, I would say so. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. By the way, Steve Sarkeesian adding to his staff down there at UT. The answer to replace Gary Patterson in an off-the-field role, former Wisconsin head coach Paul Christ. No uh, way. I'm sure Texas fans are talking about, well, Paul Christ will be the difference between us winning 11 games and actually winning 12 games this year and running the table and going undefeated. Paul hey, Chris, speaking of propaganda, Sooner Soldier said, is USC recruiting successfully? Their own podcast claims that they have the best secondary in the nation. Really? Good for those guys. I think they were ranked around like 50 the last time I looked. The day Alex Grinch has the best secondary in the nation, I will organize a parade for Muleshoe through the streets of L.A on a horse-slash-camel-slash-motile animal transportation the, of his The choice. best defensive back class for 2024? They don't have anyone unless Brian <laughs> Jackson, a three-star athlete, is going to be a defensive back for him. Um, there's another type of DB out there in USC, as we well know on staff right now. But uh, in, in terms of defensive backs, uh, I, they got a wide receiver commit, a tight end commit, and a three-star athlete. I don't think they have the best at anything right now yeah. in the 24 class. And everybody on the text line is saying, David, Sto David Stone's a Florida kid. No, he's not. David Stone is not a Florida kid. Yeah, I don't, he I might don't play at IMG. I don't count him as a Florida no, kid. That Sorry. is an Okie. I, even, I mean, I didn't even consider that's That's how much I don't think of David Stone as a Florida kid. I mean, obviously, he's the most talked about recruit in probably OU's 2024 class thus far, at least, you know, ones that are on the board. Yeah, he's not, not a Florida kid. All right, uh, text line, light it up. We'll get to more uh, incoming visits. SEC spring meetings are going on. A lot of interesting comments out there in Destin, Florida. We'll do all that next right here on The Ref. Inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studio, it's locked in with McComas and Thune. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune. Some national news here. Uh, Sammy Brown, we got a question about five-star backer Sammy Brown. Does OU have any chance there? Um, Clemson's going to be the leader there. Georgia's up there as well. He was at Tennessee this weekend, I believe, and had yep. a lot to say about his uh, Tennessee visit. But seemingly, OU's going to get an OV. I think he's scheduled a visit to, to OU before he makes his decision, but... We'll see if that's enough uh, to overcome the deficit that OU and pretty much everyone else in that recruitment has to Clemson right now. It's going to be tough. But, yeah, Sammy Brown was at Tennessee over the weekend. Zadavian Sims will be in the Polynesian Bowl. Cooper Alexander, your recent tight end offer, will be at Stanford uh, June 9th through June 11th for an OV. And no Arch Manning at Texas for the first summer workout. He's graduating high school, so... No arch as uh, Texas summer workouts 
begin there at uh, UT. And also nationally, outside of recruiting, Colorado is uh, apparently really wanting to join the Big 12. Their athletic director won't tell you that, but behind the scenes, yeah, CU wants to come back to the conference. They always come crawling back. (laughs) Uh, OU has six commits right now, and if there's any positive to the Lane Jenkins situation from last week, which if you don't know, um, essentially he took a visit to Illinois, you know Brent Venable's visit policy, and sounds like OU uh, pulled that pulled that offer that they had. I don't think no he, Illinois flipped him, Tyler. Oh yeah, well that's yeah that's what we were led to believe on Friday, huh? I don't think any of uh, OU six current commits were on flip watch. Far from it, actually. But if Zion uh, Zion Kearney, Jaden Hardy, Jeremiah Newcomb, Michael Hawkins, Isaiah Autry, or KJ Daniels were even thinking about taking another visit. I guess that could be the one positive from the Lane Jenkins situation last week is, oh, Brent Venables doesn't play about that. Okay. No. Okay. And Don't mess around and find out with that one. Yeah, again, and we, we, we discussed this. Last cycle, obviously, they're in their first year as a staff. Uh, they're kind of getting their feet underneath them, not as individual recruiters, but as a unit in terms of recruiting and their philosophy. And they let Colton Vosick mess with Texas. They let Anthony Evans mess with Georgia. And both those guys ended up flipping to those respective schools. So 2024 rolls around. And I look, I I had it put very well by a source that was very, very close to that situation with Lane Jenkins. And I'm, I'm going to sanitize the language here. But oh, that, boo! that source basically told me, look, we're Oklahoma. We are – not going to arm wrestle Illinois for a recruit. We're not. If he wants to go to Illinois, fine. He can do that. We're not talking about Alabama or Ohio State here. It's freaking Illinois. Is the uh, the freaking part where you change the uh, the language I, there? I, That's kind of where sh- I thought, uh, you know, you maybe you had to clean it up the most there. Yeah. I, it, it wasn't referred to as – an arm wrestling match. Let me just put it that way. Uh, from the 918, will Gerald McCoy be at Champ U Barbecue? Well, David Stone's going to be there. Um, is there is there a role that you have to be an official staff member to be at the – because no. Te- Teddy's no, been to I – mean, like, Yeah, Teddy's like uh, been to Champ U Barbecue weekend well, before, and I, I remember – what was it, 2020 or 2021? It was 2021 for the barbecue. You had like Adrian Peterson and Trent Williams yep. and – Creed Humphrey and Jalen Hurts was there. Baker Mayfield was there. So, no, you don't need to be a staff member to be part of. I, I don't know if Gerald McCoy's going to be there or not. I wouldn't be shocked at all um, if Britt Venables called and said, hey, man, we, we need you up there uh, for that weekend. There, there may be, If Gerald McCoy's free, I'd probably say that he's probably going to be up there that weekend. I mean, Gerald McCoy I guess. has made it no secret on social media that he wants to keep David Stone in the yes. state of Oklahoma. And by the way, Gerald McCoy certainly doesn't see David Stone as a Florida kid, by the way. So there you go. But I we're talking about the biggest defensive line recruit from Oklahoma since Gerald McCoy himself. And if Gerald McCoy wants to make sure David Stone doesn't go anywhere but the University of Oklahoma, well, there's only one place he ought to be. Um, I'm going to ask you the question that I know the answer to. Oh, boy. Let's say OU gets David Stone, okay. and we're just waiting for the Todd Bates slander to uh, calm down by some people. <clears throat> Recruiting Doomer. Are people going to give Todd Bates credit for this one, or are they going to say, oh, well, yeah, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, he got someone. He needed Gerald McCoy to help him out, but, yeah, you guys go ahead and give him credit for it. It'll, go ahead. it'll have less to do with Gerald McCoy helping out and more to do with the fact that, oh, yeah, David Stone's from Del City. Todd Bates, Recruiter of the Month. He didn't even month. have to try. More like Gerald McCoy, KREF Recruiter of the Month. Yeah. 
Hopefully we can give Gerald McCoy K-Ref Recruiter of the Month at some point. The narrative, the narrative will then become, of course Todd Bates got David Stone. He should have gotten David Stone. How could he not have gotten David Stone? Anybody <laughs> that has that job at Oklahoma should have gotten David Stone. <sighs> Oh, boy. Well, um, it, it won't be the worst conversation to have even if it comes to that because OU will have gotten David Stone, uh, five-star defensive lineman. So I guess it, it won't be all that bad. Eight or nine, the SEC cannot decide how many games they want to play starting in 2024. Eli Drinkwitz had some uh, very interesting comments today, the Missouri head coach. Um, he is in favor of the nine-game SEC schedule. Uh, but he also had a quote today saying college players through NIL are making more money than his brother-in-law, who is a pediatrician. Quote, he saves lives. And some people were coming at uh, Eli Drinkwitz saying, well, you're a college football coach <laughs> and you make more than your brother-in-law. What are you talking about here? What are you saying? And he had to come out with a statement of his own. So leave it to old Drinkwitz for, to have a couple of comments today that were controversial out there at the SEC spring what, meetings. What are the odds? that Drinkwitz is still Missouri's head coach at the end of the 2023 season? Well, I don't think that they're going to a bowl game. I think they're probably a 5-7 and seven football team this year, um, though I think they have a chance to have a pretty special wide receiver out there. I'm going to say Drinkwitz is not the head coach for Mizzou when OU plays them for the first time in a while in 2024. And I would agree. That's my guess. Though yeah. I guess if uh, it's just an eight-game SEC schedule – there's a chance that OU won't play Missouri in 2024. That'd be all right. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. It's funny. You know I spend a lot of time up in Kansas City. <laughs> a lot of those recruits just hate drink, man. <laughs> like, drink is so cringe. Real, like, that, that's, that's probably it's, – it's not a good place to be disliked a little bit or thought of as cringe if you're the Missouri head coach and athletes in the Kansas City area think of you that way. Because that's got to be your biggest recruiting hotspot around, like Kansas City, probably more like a, a better area for football recruiting than St. Louis. I would say so. Yeah, on the whole, yeah. Kansas City probably where you want to be the the most active if you're the Mizzou head coach, and they think you're uh, cringe. Yes, yeah, that's, that's not great. From the nine one eight, I wonder what Levy will say this time next year at SEC meetings representing Missouri. That's not crazy. I, Missouri head football coach Jeff Levy. I, I mean, would that would that totally shock you if that was the case? I, it wouldn't shock me, no. I think that's probably the type of gig that he would leave for. Uh, let's see. From the 918, I'd rather play your mom's community college than Missouri. Who would win more games next year? Your mom's community college or Mizzou? Kendall says, I'm free if BV wants me at the barbecue. Mm, I don't think so, Kendall. Uh, I think Kendall would spend the whole time. Uh, <laughs> he'd spend the whole time in Brent's office trying to convince him to offer everybody on the Owasso football roster. Yeah, which would get you as many wins as Missouri and your mom's community college, which we uh, heard from earlier. From the nine one eight, will Parker have a conflict of interest if A and M and OU are permanent opponents? Listen. Yeah. Not one Bucky stop, but two Bucky stops on Friday. I didn't want to let the three-day weekend distract us from that and how disappointing that was to see. I don't know why you I stopped, stopped at Bucky's, Bucky's twice. I stopped at Bucky's three times. On the way, just the way down? Or did no, you? twice on the way down, once on the way yeah, back. Yeah, twice on the way down. I didn't down post is... on the way back. God. Didn't want people to feel like I was overdoing it. <laughs> I felt that on Friday. <laughs> you didn't need to do that again. <sighs> Unbelievable. Yeah, we're not mad. We're just kind of disappointed. And we're seriously questioning now if you're just an A&M plant, if you really do work for Billy Lucci, Listen, if you have for this whole time. It's a dysfunctional relationship. I want to tear myself away from it, but I can't. 
405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More recruiting next right here on The Ref. Final segment, locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We're the home of Sooner fans. You have an Athlon preseason magazine. I have a Lindy's preseason magazine, all thanks to uh, Doug and Norman. Doug he bought is us a, one of each. Doug is a G. <laughs> yeah. Doug loves to be crotchety on the text line, <laughs> but in real life, Doug is the homie. Is, uh, is Teddy uh, on the rush today? Yeah, he uh, he was very ill last week, um, and he may have some coughing issues today. He was very ill. I thought he was on vacation. I don't. I don't think he went on vacation. I really? Think he had the flu all week. Oh, but yeah, he's yikes. he's back today. Okay, good. Allegedly. Good to hear. Well, if he has a coughing fit, he said he he may cough at times for up to a minute during this show. Today. Oh gosh. So we'll see how he fares at the Newcastle Casino today. Anyway, I bring that up. The Athlon and Lindy's. The Lindy's magazine that I have doesn't have anonymous quotes from coaches on other teams, but the Athlon does. And if you remember, we brought that up a few weeks ago. And the quote on Oklahoma from an anonymous Big 12 coach was, quote, probably the best way to explain last season is they've got a head coach who hasn't made all the hard decisions yet. They're caught between eras, what they were, and also what was slipping with Lincoln and what they want to be heading into the SEC next year. I'm not sure Brent understood the landscape of recruiting for OU coming from Clemson for so long and being able to win on guys easier. Norman, you have to work there. That's what an opposing Big 12 coach said on uh, OU. Now, your boy uh, Adam Gorney at Rivals gave like a fact or fiction on that to see if he agreed with it. He says, yeah, that's fiction. And basically said, I don't want to make any excuses for OU, but here was the roster turnover, all that. And then towards the end he says, and I doubt he didn't understand the recruiting landscape there. Um, he spent a major chunk of his coaching career in the Big 12 and in Norman, which was our immediate reaction is, no, I think he understands just fine. Like, it was their highest-ranked uh, class in a long time, and he spent yeah a large chunk of his career. And there. you think it was that easy to recruit to Clemson when he got there? Um, no, hey, legit. I, that no. that campus is it's not like they were getting number one classes either. While even when they had it rolling out there, two titles in what three years? Exactly. That campus is out there in the boondocks in South Carolina, and moreover. When Venables took that job, Clemson was not the powerhouse that it is today. Far from it. No, they'd won one national championship in the history of that program. And more recently, they'd been... Yeah. Clemsoning, that's what they had been doing. They'd been a bowl team, but nothing much more than that. Brent Venables gets there. Fast forward a few years. They're winning national titles. Now... You can argue that's not entirely on Brent Venable's shoulders, and it isn't. It took Dabo Sweeney. It took, heck, Deshaun Watson. It took an accumulation of a lot of talent there, but you had to get the talent there before you could start winning championships, and that was not the easiest thing to do at the time that Brent Venables got to Clemson. The quote on Texas was, uh, they could get scary good if Quinn Ewers plays the way he's capable of. They're really close to connecting it all on offense and playing up to that standard of a Sark team, which we – Laughed at that last part, the standard of a Sark team, which over his coaching tenure has been, well, somewhere right around seven or eight wins, the standard for him. Uh, Gorney says, fact. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, if, uh, if uh, Quinn Ewers plays at that level, yeah, Texas could get it going offensively. Which, hey, a lot of people are optimistic about their O-line and wide receivers, and I think there's reasons to be optimistic about their wide receivers. We'll, we'll see about their offensive line and their running backs. 
Yeah, the running backs are the big question because you got to replace two NFL guys at that position. And, yeah, there's talent in that room. Yeah, there are guys that you feel could be big-time players at the collegiate level, but we don't know that for a fact. We haven't seen any of Jaden Blue. We haven't seen Cedric Baxter. We haven't seen anybody in that Texas backfield firmly establish themselves as a cog that you can build an offense around. And I just don't think you can build an offense around Quinn Ewers, Tyler. I don't think so either, man. Uh, by the way, they're projected starters, according to Lindy's. The two safeties are Key, Lor- Key Lawrence and Billy Bowman. Their two corners are Woody Washington and Kendall Dolby. Uh, your three backers, I guess they, they think Desan McCullough is going to be the cheetah, along with Kanick and Stutzman. Okay. Your four defensive linemen? Reggie Grimes, Isaiah Coe, Jacob Lacey, and Ethan Downs. I don't think that that's what the opening day uh, starting lineup on the defensive line is going to look like. Reggie Grimes, Isaiah Coe, Jacob Lacey, and Ethan Downs. Would not say that that's your uh, front four starters for game one. (laughs) I hope not. I really hope not. I would hope Rondell Bothroyd's in that mix. Rondell Bothroyd would would absolutely be in that mix. If R. Mason Thomas is in that mix, it wouldn't shock me. And I'd be pretty excited about that. But, yeah, Richie Grimes uh, missed me with that, respectful, respectfully. All right, that'll do it for uh, Parker the Rush. Coming up next, keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless fans.